And now. And now, introducing the one, the only. Now let me introduce to you. Lively talk with successful people, barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Jenna Ben Show, guys. I'm your host, Jenna Benemy, And with us today, UFC fighter ranked number 14 in the middleweight division, Marvin Vittori. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Jenna, for having me. I'm glad to have you on. Looking at your stats here, you got a record of 15-4. You've won a Performance of the Night Award for your most recent win. I can't wait to get into all of it. Um, but first, just tell me how your day's going. How's a uh, quarantine COVID living going? Uh, it's it's been too long, man. Because uh, I've been here for for from this of this COVID for so for too long because I was in America, but. Uh, it started like one of the first countries to be hit was Italy and I'm Italian. So I started to hear news about this, like since January, basically. Then so much, so many stuff happened um, for my fights also before I actually ended up fighting in, uh, in June uh, because I wasn't, I was supposed to fight in London in March and then um, I flew there and then my fight got, got canceled. I had to fly back. And they rescheduled me a fight, and that didn't happen. Then they finally gave me a fight. I, sh- I went there, and uh, I made weight, and the day off, my opponent pulls out. And then they rescheduled me the fight a month after, and then finally I fought. So basically, <laughs> those are just some of the things because of, uh, that, that I had to go through because of uh, uh, COVID. So... Um, I'm over it, man. I'm I'm here and now. Back in Italy, they're starting again to kind of like uh, taking more precautions about everything, and I think they have to wear the mask now again uh, to go out or some stuff like that. And I'm like, man, come on, I just I'm I'm, I'm we gotta like you know, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. I feel like it's so confusing, and the more we keep going, it is confusing, and uh, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, it just it's just the whole situation. But now, but now, um, I mean, but the good thing is that I always train somehow. You know, I felt like I had to I had to be ready for fights, and uh, yeah, it's not easier. You have to go the extra mile, like meet up with people that uh, you know, or like uh, find areas where you could just uh, meet uh, and just be few people training, but. I had to because I had to get ready. You have really been through it. I mean, some fighters haven't been affected as much, but you <laughs> you keep getting hits, but that doesn't stop you from accepting fights and training. And hopefully you stay ready so your fight camps aren't so painful. Because, like, I mean, I don't know that people really realize how much fighters put into their camp, you know? So to, to the last minute find out that you're not going to actually be able to fight is probably devastating that means you don't get paid it means you know you have to start all over again yeah it's crazy that's why i went off on the guy when i when i saw him (laughs) and there was that situation in the lobby but yeah i mean it's definitely like it's i feel like i mean every sport at the highest level it's 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 really intense but fighting i think it's uh i think is the most intense we're in a sport where in any sport injuries is a big part of it but like you know, like we like everything in our, there's not a part in our body that is not involved in our sport. So yeah, you, you have to, you have to kind of manage the, the balance between obviously going hard because you cannot skip that and you need our training and there's no way to skip that. You can try to be as smart as you can. And of course you will, but um, you still have to really go hard. But at the same time, you have to try to come out of every training session tired, but better than how you came in. Otherwise, you're not really, yeah. you know, making progress. I have a lot of respect for you guys. You work very hard every day. Um, I want to jump right in. So here on the Jenna Ben Show, I basically talk to my guests about their professional stories. I mean, you are one of the few most elite fighters in the world. Mm-hmm. And I want to just kind of get to know the man behind the fighter, how you got to be in this position today. And then I'll get your opinions on some industry stuff, Mm -hmm. some insider information. 
So let's see, you're 27 years old now, but take us way back to when you were a kid growing up in Italy. What were you like? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was always, uh, I mean, so I come from a village in Italy. I come from a place where just few people probably even knew back then what MMA was. Just So I come from a village in, a, in, in Italy, a town, I would say, like 5,000 people. Mm. And uh, from north, in the north of Italy. So, um, and uh, Mezzo Corona is the name of my place. In two hours and a half dro- driving, I can be in Milan. Definitely for sport and a lot of other things, there's less opportunity than, you know, if I would have been, if I would have to grow up in somewhere like Milan or like Rome or like uh, yeah. bigger cities. You could have been but, a model. Well, yeah, I don't think so, but <laughs> if you say so. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, but in general, Italy, it's coming up now, but back then it definitely wasn't. The, the, you know, if you, if I would have wanted to play soccer, I probably would have been in the right place, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so, so what were you like though? What was your personality? Were you shy? Were you outgoing? No, I was really outgoing and I was really like kind of crazy also like, like not in a bad way, but just like hyperactive, like hyper, hyper, hyperactive. <laughs> and, and most of everything I was super competitive in fact i didn't have that many friends because i was just competitive about everything (laughs) they could not say anything that i wasn't making a competition out of it you know so you started with kickboxing at around 13 and then you saw fedor and you were like holy moly what is mma i gotta get my hands on this and and that's just is that how you got into it no like i don't know i I always loved it and then uh, and then i started watching like uh Fader, Wanderlei Silva, Shogun, but I was into Fader a lot, a lot back then. And I just remember watching all these documentaries, doing all these videos, obviously. And I was like, wow, like, they really, like, fascinated me. It's like, <laughs> how can they all take so much punishment and just, like, <laughs> go in and just be so relentless, like. So what promotions did you fight for before you got to the UFC? Well, I actually fought into a promotion that was Italian. They they made up this new promotion. They got some American fighters, but for like they wanted to do things big in the beginning. And I was actually lucky because the biggest the biggest cards I was in all the time. Like Jack Hermanson was in the was in the in, in the card in, in a couple oh, of cards. Nice. He was on the show. Uh, okay, yes, he was there too. We fought in the same card actually a couple of times. Rosimal Polaris, so they tried to do they they tried to do things big for a couple of time and I was actually in the tournament earlier. So my last five fights before the UFC were in that promotion. We've uh, I went through a whole tournament and um, I was a welterweight back then, and I did the welterweight tournament. I won the welterweight tournament. They even I was already like uh, yeah. And after that, and they, it was cool because they did a whole bunch of like record like. Uh, uh, and how do you call it? They recorded and then they actually went in on on on, on, on TV back back home. Nice. So, yeah. So you were so, famous uh, back there. Ah, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Back <laughs> okay, so then, how did you get your UFC contract? Well, then, uh, then uh, I beat Jack Mason, and then uh, I beat another guy that was two and two in the UFC. He just came out. His name was Igor Araujo. And uh, he came out, he was a, he was a black belt. Uh, he, like I said, he was tuned to the UFC. Then they, they released him. And uh, right after we fought, and um, I choked him in the first round in, in two minutes. And then, um, yeah, the UFC, we got in contact with the UFC. And they're like, yeah, I mean, let, let's sign the guy. Wow. Pretty damn easy for you. And that was four years ago? Well, now that, I mean, yeah, I mean, now that we're talking about it, it was easy, but that was, yeah, I've been in the UFC for like four years or five, five years almost, yeah. I mean, you're 27. To be in the UFC by the time you're 22 or 23 is a dream, you know? It doesn't happen yeah. for people like that. No, but, you know, like I, I never really 
slacked anything. Like I was always like since I since I started, I was really really serious. Like I I, I don't remember missing any any training like twice a day every single day and then i moved yeah. to london and in london in london was even harder because those those two years in london i always like they really made me they could have broke me or made me and then i always i always uh, uh remember those two years as, as the hardest of my life to be honest because um i moved there and i didn't know anybody i barely knew english Yes, I was young, but since I was basically 16, all I wanted to do was to go in the UFC. So amazing. It, it was it was a good like five five six years of work. Like so, yeah. yeah. And how did your parents? Okay, how did you react when you got your UFC contract? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it's crazy because I was I was back home and um, I woke up real early because. I got a message from my old manager and um, and uh, he told me, oh, you got signed. And I'm like, and I just like freaked out and started, started like screaming. So uh, my brother and my mom woke up and I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not signed to the UFC. But then it was great, but it wasn't awesome because they told me, okay, you got signed, but you cannot tell anybody until you have a fight. Yeah. So uh, it was hell because, like, I knew, but it almost like got took me like a month plus until I could say to people. So yeah, like, oh, what you know, like people ask you, how's it going? <laughs> you cannot tell them. And uh, and plus, I didn't know the game. Like you know, until you're not like, yeah, I signed the contract, but I, you know, like I was like, what if they they make up their mind? Until my first fight, until I walked into the cage, for me, it wasn't real. I know exactly uh, what you mean, because something could always happen. You know, yeah. like a contract is a contract, but that's a, it's not 100%, you yeah. know? So, okay, so then your family flipped in out. Fact, in fact, for like, it was all, it, and then, so for a long time, I couldn't say for like a month and a month and a half, I couldn't say it. And then it had to happen, every, like everything happened so fast, because- yeah. We needed a visa plus I was over the moon because I was thinking, okay, I'm going to debut in some little cards in Europe, but actually I debuted in the UFC 202 in Vegas. So I was like, what the fuck? Like I just <laughs> lost my mind. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, so I wasn't really believing it until it happened. And so, so Vegas is like a thing, right? Like I talked to um, Nico Price was on my show last week and he his first fight was in Vegas and he was like very excited about that. And I didn't stop to ask him what is so special about Vegas as opposed to fighting somewhere else. Well, and now it's like, you know, now I think about Vegas. Okay, I'm like, yeah, okay, I know Vegas. But back then, like Las Vegas, like <laughs> to me, Las Vegas, it just, it's just it's almost like a dream like you know even like las vegas in general like you, yeah it, it, but las vegas is very far from whatever i was thinking of like plus obviously it's, it's like a fighting mecca because so many fights happen in vegas yeah but vegas the first time you go there it's just overwhelming because you just you, you know the way vegas is done it's it's yeah. a lot yeah, yeah. But even just just the buildings you just yeah now i'm really used to it but it's funny and I love it in a sense when I go there with people that just been there maybe once or twice or even never and they have all these reactions because like it is amazing in, 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 in the way it's built. Do you have plans yeah. to go back there soon or just for your fight? Uh, I, I plan to go back after my fight if uh, for Christmas if everything goes by plan and I, and I can fight and then but your fight is in Vegas, right? On December 12th? Oh, in Vegas. I thought back in, in Italy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's going to be Vegas, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're coming off a three-fight win streak. Let's see. And your fight is December 12th against Omari uh, Akhmadov. And by that time, it'll be almost uh, three years to the day, almost, since you fought him previously. Yeah. 
which resulted in a draw. So like, what kind of feelings are you having about this fight? I like it a lot because um, I love the, I, I want to show how different I am now compared to what I was back then. And I really want to show the improvement. And um, I know it's a solid opponent. Plus, I, I like the fact that being solid, I know he's not going to do stupid stuff or where, like, he might he might be pulling out. Like I mean, every, everything can happen. But, you know, it, it makes a lot of difference to have, like, guys that are flaky. Like, oh, like, for some stupid shit, they're just like, oh, like, they make up excuses and or like they miss way. I know he's a, he's a good professional. He's been doing it for a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, if anything like very, very big happens, he's going to show up and that I love because I've been, in, I've been through enough. You've been through enough. <laughs> so, I but, mean, but that I love because I know he's going to show up. Plus I, 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 I know like, um, I were, I really want to show the improvement. I feel like, I'm a, like Marvin Vittorio three years ago against me now wouldn't last. I don't think we will last half round. So. And you want to show that improvement because you're trying to rise the ranks, right? You're really oh, going after the belt. Yes. And plus exactly. It makes sense in terms of rankings. I feel like uh, I'll break into top 10. Uh, if I beat him very, uh, um, how do you call it? In a very solid way. And I want to really mm -hmm. finish this fight too. And plus, I really feel like um, with him, that that fight was one of the fights where I really underperformed. And uh, I went in um, not 100%, not to make excuses, but I had some broken bones. But it's not even that. Just the approach that I got with that fight is not the approach that I should have uh, that I should have. Had. Um, and so... Um, I really want to. I really want to run it back and make it and make it fair and square. That I'm, I'm the way better fighter between us, you know. And and then absolutely makes sense uh, in terms of rankings. And it's gonna it's gonna let me progress and towards uh, towards uh, my goal, which is the UFC belt. Okay, I love it. So your last fight, uh, Robertson missed weight by four and a half pounds. I mean, it was all over the media. This isn't his first time missing weight. So as a result of that, so you kind of raked in the money that fight, right? Because not only did you win, you got a performance of the night, but then he had to forfeit 30% of his purse. Did that go to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So the commission didn't take any of the 30%. No, no, it's, 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 I mean, why would the commission take it? It's it's a uh, it's an advantage towards me, not towards the commission that he yeah. had. But no, like yeah, for sure. But the the the, the worth like the the it wouldn't be much better if I could have taken the thirty percent of his uh, uh like show up and win bonus. But it's just the just the show up money. But it's still something. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, but he missed weight even when he pulled out. The, the, the month before he pulled so yeah a month before he missed weight by one and a half pounds the second time he missed weight i was ready to take his money back then too but then he didn't, <laughs> he didn't fight this time he missed by four pounds four pounds is, is, is a good amount of weight to it's miss a lot to miss weight so okay um now you are what i call a funny trash talker now I look at your Instagram page and I see these memes. I see Israel Adesanya with three boobs. Um, you know, <laughs> I seen you dragging along a, a cart with like five different fighters in it. I mean, you're funny. Listen, I'm like the Photoshop queen if you look at my page, but <laughs> I really, you know, you have some funny stuff on there. Um, do you have an actual? Have you seen the one where I call out Chris Weidman with a Eminem with the hair? No, yeah, no way. <laughs> But one of the one of the another one it's uh, I call him out with um uh hey Chris like with the stand uh like with, with the stand uh lyrics and I go like hey Chris I wrote you a letter but you ain't you yes I did see that I did where is that okay now I ask fighters this and I'm curious now like trash talking sells tickets 
So mm-hmm. is this like a uh, like a fighter persona thing, or do you have actual beef with with Adesanya, for example, or are you just like doing the thing and you're like, let's go because you're a competitive person, and part of being competitive is trash talking. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's it's it depends. It really depends on the case. So. It, it can be for a lot of reasons. Like uh, I, I always did it in a sense. Like even even my early fights where there were almost no media, uh, I've done it. Like cause it's just the way it is. Like we're gonna fight. We're like to me, it's real. Like it's not just business. It, it is business, but it's real. You're like after it's okay. We can do whatever. But uh, before you know, like actually back then I was really like too crazy like even after i didn't want to have no but like now i'm a little bit more cooler after it's over you know but before there is this tension that i don't want to i don't want to be friendly why it it just don't make no sense i I like i like the real shit like let's let's fucking do it i'm gonna try to take your head off you're gonna try to take my head off it's a it's a it's a fight to death to me because i'm ready when i step in there i'm ready to give everything and if i don't come out from there I'm probably gonna have a good death for, on, on my on my perspective because I'm I'm gonna be dying doing what I love, but I know a lot of people don't see me don't see it that way. They they think I'm extreme and this and that, but that's my own way of seeing it. But about the trash talking, it's it's just it's a it's a it's a lot of things like like with Adesanya, like I feel like I feel like I talked to the guy a few times and I'm good at picking uh, I'm good at picking uh, the brains of people. And with him, like, I even talked to him uh, away from every media. Just I saw him in the street in Vegas a couple uh, one time, and I and I and I and I talked to him. And uh, it wasn't like a friendly talk, but we talked. And I, and I, and, I, and I told him a couple of things that I, that I that I think, and he told me a couple of things. And then a couple of people were there. And then when he was starting to get a little bit too intense, they thought I, I don't think it would have never like ended up in anything too bad. But they they broke us off, and then they left but i mean to me like when uh, when i have different interactions with people and and i kind of like and i fought before and i want to fight you again and things like that this becomes a little bit more real and and whatever i say it has a sense for a lot of reasons but so i'm not just just going to throw out things just just because so that i, I wouldn't say it's a beef beef because beef is something really real but I don't like the guy and I really want to fight him and he has something that I want. So that's enough for me to, to want to talk shit to the guy. Got it. Now, uh, what is it about him that you don't like? Uh, well, most of all, uh, I don't like, to be honest, I don't like his style, but that's, that's his stuff. It's all right. Everybody has their own, but I don't like the fact that, uh, after the fight, he, he really changed. He, he's a, he's a double faced. He's a double-faced guy, and I don't like that at all. And uh, I'm saying that because uh, he changed version of what what uh, what what to, he changed version when he talks to me, and then I, and then actually when he when he talks to the media. So that's what I don't like. Mm. You know, you most of the time I'm maybe too too let's call it honest or even naive sometimes because I'll be speaking to the media the exact same way I speak to friends sometimes. Maybe I'll, I'll filter, but like the, the, the sense is definitely the same that I'll be, that I'll be, that I'll be talking to somebody that I know without the media. Yeah. Then there's another factor that plays into trash talking. There is a lot of fighters that are pussies and they're not taking fights. <laughs> so you have to they're not taking fights they're pick and choosing especially when they have a position to 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 defend you know which is understandable but man like i'm the first one to say i'm number 14 i don't feel like i, I accomplished nothing like it's fucking nothing if you're in there to be top 15 you better fucking stop doing mma if you're there to accomplish to be in the top 15 to me you you're you're you're, you're trash like you got to be in there to be number one. Like, and if mm-hmm. you fall short and you end up being top 10, top 15, or not even top 15, I respect that a hundred times more than somebody that is like top 13, top 15. And he felt like he's accomplished something. You really didn't accomplish. It's either number one or, or you're 
you're just a guy trying to be number one. That, that, that's really how I see it. So, so let me ask you, is your strategy now to only take fighters with guys that are ranked above you so that you can rise? Or is it still possible for you to rise by taking a fight with an unranked fighter? Well, I, I, I'm telling you this, like after, before they gave me this fight, I was desperately looking for a fight. And I got to the point where um, I would have taken the fight against anybody. I wanted to fight Kevin Holland. I wanted to fight like another guy that, like I was willing to fight basically everybody. They just give me six weeks and I'll be, I'll be making it. They offered me a fight in, in too short of a notice and I, and I said no, but that was not three weeks. And I, and I said, I just can't make weight. I don't want it to show up and be a professional and not make weight. Yeah. You, you give me six weeks and I'll do it. So, because I'm gonna tell you this, like, I have another, like, a very good, good friend of mine, also a teammate. He's in the, he's in the same situation, Benilde Ryush, and uh, oh, I love Benilde. I interviewed him. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and you probably talked about his situation. This his situation is crazy. He cannot find people. He's he either fought guys in the top team that he that he beat, or. Um, a lot of people in like with division is also inactive and they're still in the rankings or uh, or the other people are kind of way too ahead so they're not accepting fights but he's a killer and uh yeah people go up to him and tell him oh fight somebody in the top 15. guess what nobody's accepted so he's actually but he's going up in the ranks anyway because the ufc is seeing this he's seeing like he's seeing like that people are just fucking covering their position with everything like protecting their position with everything and yes. not accepting fighter. So he, he jumped over a lot of guys just because he's active and he's finishing fights. And he's, even though he's not beating um, rankings, man, rankings are weird sometimes, you know, it's just a number next to your name. But at the end of the day, even the last guy that he beat, he was very, he was very solid and he's going up. So at the end of the day, I was like, listen, I want to be active. Plus there is actually also a money component too. I don't want to just be fighting once a year. There's also that component, like you have to kind of make the fight interesting. So I don't know, like that, you know, there's more of a, there's more of a chance that that fight happen. Yeah. Plus I don't mind in general. I'm the kind of guy I don't mind, but you see, even, even with Chris Weidman, I don't know the guy. Like I never really crossed the line to where, not because I just, it's just, it's just stupid. It's just a kid's thing, just a kid thing to cross the line and talk about personal, like I'll be talking ever, everything that I said, it was either funny or it was about his career as a fighter. And that I feel like, you know, as a fighter in his, in his, uh, in his division, I, I can talk shit to, you know, but I would never say anything about, about, about him personally. Right. Um, he fought your next opponent, right? Didn't he fight uh, Omari? Yes, and that's why I feel like when I beat Omari, I should be ranked ahead than Chris Weidman because Chris Weidman turned me down with he could he turned my fight down with everything he could and I know this for a fact wow <laughs> okay so just hearing you talk it makes me feel like you perceive fighting as highly psychological right Very. it's it's okay so percentage wise physical versus psychological what would you say wine combines the other and it's never just a percentage and a percentage it's always like if there is one, the other one is needed to be at the highest level. And if there is one, one and there is not the other one, you're tra like you're not a good fighter, and vice versa, especially at the highest level. And um, you need the skill set, and then you need to be psychologically strong, and that comes into action the most when you're in the cage, right? Because it's hard. Your, your cardio, I mean, is important, but no matter how strong your cardio is, like you get tired in that cage and things hurt, you know? I mean, now that there's no audience, we can kind of hear that, you know? <laughs> and so it's like we, the audience gets an opportunity to really get a feel for what you guys are going through in the cage. And, and you know, it's, I can't even imagine, to be honest. I cannot imagine being in your position and telling myself, keep going, Jenna, you got this. Because I would see myself, to be completely honest, I would see myself being like, dude, this is not worth it. I want out, you know? <laughs> that is different, you know, like we, we train here and yes. whatever, like we train everywhere to be in there. We want that, I, at least 
I'm like I said before, I'm willing to die to, to win that fight. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, like one of like you see this in sport a lot, but one of the most extreme things that I it is really fascinating to me. It's uh, you know when like these guys, uh, there's uh, these guys uh, that they that they wanna climb that they wanna uh, uh, alp in alpinism where they wanna climb like like Everest or like Nanga Parbat mm -hmm. like these massive mountains where people that don't understand this they'll be like what the hell these guys because those are like real life cemetery because there's so many people that die trying to climb those mountains because it's yeah. just crazy when you go above eight thousand meters it's just crazy there's a whole there's a it's a whole war but what people don't understand is like why these guys and the, the funny thing is that that is just is such a uh, uh, a small uh word that there's not even fame involved in that there's not even money involved in that and people are still willing to put their life to put their life at risk just to get the top and come down and uh it's just uh it's just human nature uh, to like uh, when the moment you you set yourself to to really wanting to do something it's it's there's nothing that can stop you and uh yeah i mean the mental part it's you think it's in it, it's in inside but it really is before the fight week it's it comes to to the camp it comes to the i always think like whenever there's struggles in the camp I'm, i always think this i'm like if, if there's one guy between between the two of us that can deal better with struggle and, and difficulties throughout the camp is definitely me. And this is just part, it, it's a stretch of my fight because the, the fight is just the end of it. But reality, it's, it's a whole fight. Like you're fighting to get in, to, to be there in your, in your best shape ever mentally yes. and physically. So the fight is just the end of it. If you're able to put it together and be solid with your mind as, as much as with your, uh, uh, with your physique and and, 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 and and shape and everything, but it's really not, it's really not separated from it. So okay. I see it. And, and, um, the way I see the journey is that weight cutting is your final test. Like you go through fight camp yeah. and you're going into it already skilled, but you're, you're refining your toolbox, right? You're collecting more tools along the way. And then if you can make it through weight cut, and not be weak up here and be ready yeah. to go and still channel your inner animal, mm -hmm. then you're in a good position for, for sure. the fight. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's about a lot of things, but definitely like being, being bulletproof everywhere and just yeah. put it together then and then perform. Cause at the end of the, at the end of the day in business in general, but if you don't perform, nobody gives a F to whatever you did in the gym. If you're very good in the gym. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, nothing. Like in wow. business, if you, don't, if you don't really pull out results, who cares how hard, who cares uh, who, how hard you, you've been working? You guys are real badasses. You know, in the real world, I don't mean in the real world. I mean, like, you know, in just outside of fighting, if you're working a job, effort counts. You know, you get some credit for trying, but in your sport, in your career, you get nothing. You get shit on. In fact, you know, you have to deal with the whole psychological roller coaster of emotions after losing. So that brings me to my next question. Now, I ask every fighter this, and the funny thing is, everyone answers differently. Um, how would you describe what goes on psychologically for you when you win versus when you lose? Well, um, to be honest, like, it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm a very, very bad loser. Like I just, the, just the matter of losing, it pissed me off so bad, but because I'm so competitive Yeah. and, uh, and I feel like, and, and I feel like what we do is the ultimate competition. It is the ultimate. Like I didn't just beat your cards. I beat your fighting. Like it means like if we were out and we had to fight over something, you would have get that something. And in reality, I could have even been dead. Like because there wouldn't been a referee stopping you. You know. Mm -hmm. So that's how I see. That's why like 
nobody ever finished me and why nobody will ever finish me and i won't even ever lose anymore but what i'm saying like <laughs> there's like you know like i really i really i in all my fights i really lost my little buddy and their controversial decision and whatever but what i'm saying is like i really care about that because people think referee sport isn't that it's fighting man like it's it's the ultimate fucking competition like you're yes if you beat me i'm fighting it means you beat me almost as a human i i that's the way i see so yeah uh but being a high level athlete i i think i uh i from both winning and losing whenever i after the fight it's over i always go back and see what i can improve mm-hmm. even when i win it's obvious that from a loss though you cannot work around it you're gonna be harder on yourself so you might actually pull up more from from a loss but i'm mm-hmm. trying i'm always trying to do to be as hard even to be as hard as i as i lost almost on a on a on a win and you have to be good also like if you did good things but you always have to recognize your mistakes even when you want even when, if even if you win but you are so focused you here's what i see about you you want that belt so bad that you don't give a shit about the small wins along the way like you're like okay check i could have done that better all right i did that pretty good but here's i'm going to tweak it this time instead of going out to the club and popping bottles and being like well, I'll do that too. but <laughs> i'll do that too but i'll be back the next day wow okay yeah I love it. Like I mean... a, it's just like a very a lot like you know it's a it's a kind of depressing moment for a little bit but you know we're all men with 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 white shoulders and and then again like you know you 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 lost cuz you made mistakes and uh so what do you feel on your insides though like i'll give you an example of something i went through i um i had to do a very public kind of performance like hosting thing and it was on you know tv and i was still kind of new and i um i had a hard time breathing before <laughs> i went out there and my mind went completely blank and i couldn't even analyze what was in front of me to comment on it so i was useless at my job basically and i did the best i could and i got better as the night went but when i left that night i drove home with my hands on the steering wheel like this no music on and i was just like i want to die like i wanted to crawl out of my skin yeah, yeah. because i felt like i failed you know and i'm a really hard worker and i you know i see some similarities like we just want to do really well and we're hard on ourselves when we don't perform to our standards. So for me, it actually took a few days to just be okay, you mm-hmm. know? And so for you, like, like what goes on inside of you after a loss? Oh, uh, it'll be like that too. Like, you'll be like, like everything feels like, like I'm the kind of guy that like, it's almost like unconsciously you want to punish yourself because you're like, fuck you didn't, you didn't. and everything like even friends or people around you that try to cheer you up you're like doesn't yeah, work right, whatever like you know like yeah. and like it happened actually that a couple one time i was in vegas and uh, well it was with amari actually i was re- i was very disappointed with my with my performance and uh but everybody from italy came came to see me and everything and my my brother all my friends like probably like 20 people and they were like they all wanted to go out and like and we had a table set up and stuff i used to do that i don't do that no more like i don't i don't like for me the war ends the day of the fight and um i i don't do that like i i always say like the war ends the day of the fight that from from the day after uh if i have to do anything for the day after if i have to do anything I'll, whatever i'll just pay extra but i'll 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 work i'll work on it after but so what i'm saying is like um you know they were still wanting to go out and party and stuff and i had to go out but it's just i'm i'm like that like i'm i'm the same 
but you know, and it's it's all right to feel that way. Just at the end of the day, after you're gonna make something out of that loss. Quitting is never an option. Yeah. So you just it's worse so, if you quit. Yeah. Because then you have to so, live with the fact that you failed. At least if you continue, you can win. You can you can yeah. almost rewrite history. You know what I mean? Almost like you can you yeah. can say, okay, that was a learning experience, and it helped me get to where I am today. But if you stop. Then you can be proud of that moment. Like if you if you rewrite and write, like you can be proud of that moment. Yeah. Like yeah. when I win against this, when I win again, I'll be proud of that draw. I'll be like, see, see this three years span of time. I I made sure that 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 situation that happened three years ago it didn't happen now. So, you act like it was a loss. It was a draw. I mean, you should have seen. Did you see Nico's reaction to his draw against Cowboy? Like he yeah. was like, "Yes." <laughs> but you see, I, I, because, I, I don't know. I'm extreme. Like I'm extreme on those things. Yes. Just, I know. I know what it was going through his mind. For him, he was daring to, and the same thing for him. Even worse, because Nico Price is a tough fucker, man. I can tell, I don't know him, but I, I see him. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and he was a little bit just happy to just be there with Cowboy. Yes. Same thing. Cowboy was happy. He was just happy to be there with fucking Connor back then. And look right. what happened. I was, yeah, I was there, yeah. But Cowboy really breaks under pressure completely. Nico Price will go out fucking fighting. But Nico Price could have got that fight. In fact, if it wasn't for the eye pop that I don't, I don't, I, I don't like that at all. But he would have won. But he could have. He was. I think he's the pressure fighter. He's he's the tougher fighter. He could have won that fight. But Cowboy shows up with like uh, up and comers all the time. He has that kind of like uh, <laughs> I, I'm the old guy. I'm not. I'm gonna show you what's up. You know. But with Connor Cowboy, completely checked out just because he felt he felt he already made it being there with Connor. And Nico, he, he relaxed. There was a little bit of similarities, but Nico will go out fighting if anything. He'll never, he'll not, he won't break. Like he, if anything, he'll go out on his shield. And uh, so they, he definitely gave him a, a hard fight, but uh, he he could have won that fight, and he should have won that fight. Marvin, you are so good, by the way. Like, I'm really enjoying this interview, and I, I have so many questions. Like, we're going to get through maybe 30% of the interview I prepared because <laughs> you're so good at breaking things down and explaining. I'm definitely going to have to have you back on. But, um, okay, I do want to talk about um, some of the guys I've had on the show and get your opinions because of the ranged fighters in your division, I've had Jack Hermanson, Derek Brunson, um, Uriah Hall, and Ian Heinish. <laughs> um, and I've stayed in touch with most of them, but you know, I stay completely neutral. So I'm curious now, like, who do you think is the baddest of them all? I know you're competitive, but if you, <laughs> if you had to give between it to someone. Four, like, I don't think they're not between the toughest in the division. There, there's, uh, if anybody, I think, uh, between these four, maybe Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson. Yeah, Derek Brunson will be the will, yeah will, will be the hardest of, of these four in terms of toughness, even as a fighter in general. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, you're married, I'm guessing, right? Because I, I see a ring on your finger. No. Oh, no this is the aura ring. <laughs> this is this is the aura ring the USC gives gives us. This is it, it helps like tracking the sleep and stuff. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's awesome. Cause I was like, hold on. I haven't seen any women on your page. Yeah. So that's, so are you single? Yeah. In a situation, let's call it that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. So can we talk about your DM situation? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just curious. You don't have to tell me about how you react, but I want to know what you receive. I was just talking okay. to Uriah Hall about this uh -huh. and, um, and he was telling me that in his DMs, he'll get women, he'll get men, he gets all kinds of crazy messages. So do you get that stuff too? Well, my fan base is like uh, way more men than women. 
But yeah, I, I'll, I'll get some uh, weird messages from girls and the uh, transgender and uh, and uh, and some weird stuff from men too. But not too much from men, to be honest. Okay. Um, is Ali is Ali your manager? Yeah. Okay. I've been in touch with him, but I'm glad we connected directly. Um, who are you closest to in the UFC? Who am I, who am I close? Uh, well, I mean, my teammates so will be Benito Ruiz, Kelvin Gastelum, Verdum, all my teammates. Then uh, people that I respect, I mean, uh, Henry, Henry, I like, uh, we, we keep in contact and... Uh, I mean, um, I mean, oh, Giga Chicago also is fighting this weekend. Uh, who? Else? I mean, there's a lot of people to be honest. Like, I'm. It might seem like I'm very like aggressive. I'm not. Like, I just like you just don't have to give me that weird why because, like, against aggressiveness, I act aggressive. Like, I'll, I'll face you right away. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna just shy away or anything. Like, if if I see you, like, you got something, but. Um, I'm, I don't have the most respect for Ian Heinrich, but I saw him the other day at the PI. What am I going to do? Like, I just walked by and didn't say anything. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. Like, I'm not going to be the guy that, oh, hey, what's up? After I've been, I've, been, I've been talking shit to you or anything. But at the same time, we're civilians. Like, I cannot just, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm, you know, like, so it's a, plus it's a small award. But um, I have a lot of people that I respect in, uh, like, Cody Garbrandt and uh, like a lot of people from Dominance, like, I mean, uh, I get along for sure, but a lot. It's, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't, they don't come up to my mind now. Okay, so um, what is the fight that you're most proud of, of all of your UFC fights? Well, <laughs> proud of, like, Let me think. This is tough for you. And I so I, I relate to you because you're such a perfectionist and you're always thinking like, well, I could have done that better. Yeah. Just look at the fights that you've won. Yeah. And of those, what yeah. felt the best? Well, you know, like with the one with Akhmadov, actually, I really was a kid, man. Like I was just a kid with with balls, basically. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, I took some good punishment there. And I was able to basically make him quit by the third. So, you know, I came out on top from that situation. Mm -hmm. So if anything, you know, like um, I took over the fight. So maybe that, but, you know, like I just, I, and then uh, I'm, I'm proud of my, uh, of, of the improvement that I've been doing in my last two, three fights. And man, the crazy, the crazy thing is just, in my last year, I've improved so much, and people haven't haven't seen that, especially in my stand-up too, because my last fight with Robertson was just so short, and then mostly it was grappling. Yeah. So um, most of your wins are by submission. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I mean, probably that one. Okay, and if you had to choose one fight that you could go back and redo, what would it be? Adesanya. Oh, Adesanya for sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that because he's the champ and you want that belt or is it because of the actual fight? And like, well, like let's say title didn't matter. Well, I, 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 um, I dream to regain, like to, to re-beat, like uh, all, the, all, all, the, all the guys that are still relevant by the time I keep, by the time that we're, but in the next two, three years, the people that are still relevant and I had losses with, I want to all like revenge my losses. So um, there is like uh, Carlos Jr. I don't think I don't I don't see him going climbing again that 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 much. But I would love to run it back if it makes any sense for me in, in, in the future. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna do with Omari next fight in the so a design is missing. So that is one reason. Plus, I think it would be a very good clash of like um, of, of of styles, and plus it's one of the few guys that is very aware of the mental game too. And if anything, and you go back and watch my fight back then, 
he could not fuck with me mentally back then. And I, st and I wasn't as, as, as where I am now, too. If anything, he'll tell you that he didn't like his performance or whatever. If anything, that was because I almost got to his mind. So, uh, so, but I like it because he's aware of it. He's, uh, he's very aware of it. And yeah. there's not many guys there are. Even at the top five, like, there's like one of the few guys, like, yeah, even I, I think most of his fights, but at the highest level, it is like that. Like, all the great fighters have are very aware of this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you, you see with McGregor, you see on, on their own way with the Diaz brothers, you see with, uh, with Mayweather, you see with like, with a lot, of, a lot of like, all the top fighters are very aware of the mental game too. Tyron, so, Tyron Fury, like Lomachenko, a lot, a lot, they, they're all bulletproof on their own way. And people don't even, pe people don't even know that. Like they don't even realize, even, even, on, even fighters that are considered very good, they don't know that. And that's why when they get to that being number one, they lose. Interesting. Now, Hall of Famer, uh, Boss Rutten, and um, five-time UFC champ uh, Frank Shamrock have both been on the show. This is actually one of Frank Shamrock's championship belts. Um, they talk to their opponents when they fight. Like, they're oh, yeah. having actual conversations oh, with yeah. them. And, like, and Frank told me that he learned it from Boss. And Frank was, like, a beast in the cage, you know? From who? Uh, from Frank from, Shamrock? Yeah. Talk, oh, he learned it from Boss Rutten. Oh, Boss Rutten, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Tough, tough. Tough guy. Tough, tough and he's, tough. he's so, um, you know, when I interviewed him, I remember him telling me that he didn't know how to do this particular move. And then he went and he was training with these guys and he told them, I don't know. He went home and like did the move in front of the mirror for four hours, went back the next day. The guys are like, what are you pulling a prank on us? You said you didn't know because he was that good. Like he's so strong that he managed to really like train himself in four hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I was, was just, uh, was, he was definitely one of, one out of a, like a specimen of a guy. It's like, you just, you just seem like they'll, they'll kick him and then he'll kick you. And the people just react differently. Like, you like, <laughs> ah, what was like, that, that, that leg is made of cement or something. Yeah. Um, okay, Marvin Vittori, you have been awesome. And I really want to have you back on. I'm doing a lot more segments um, just for like YouTube and social and I'm getting people together for different shows. So you got to be a guest again. We'll get more of your story out of you. I have like 50% to get through. So <laughs> um, I wish you the best of luck on your fight in December. And I'm going to ask you offline, but if there's anything you want to send me to contribute to the studio, everything behind me is from people who have been on my show, like T-shirt, gloves, shorts, whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, that do, that. Be great. I'll do that. All right. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Um, give us your Instagram handle so people know how to find you. Marvin Vittori on Twitter, Instagram, and, and Facebook. So easy to find. Easy peasy. Okay. And guys, I'm uh, The Jenna Ben Show on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, the show airs five times a week on Dash Radio, starting with Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Pacific, Thursdays at 9 a.m., Fridays at 9 p.m., Saturdays at 5 p.m., and Sundays at 7 p.m., all Pacific Standard Times. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel for more goodies. Thank you for tuning in week after week. You guys keep me going, and I love y'all.